All right, everybody. Um, welcome back to Side Hustle Divas. <laughs> I know I say this every single time, but I'm extremely excited about this episode because we have Sammy Bina, who is a good friend of mine. She runs a YouTube channel called Where the Locals Roam, and she films walks. So she goes out into New York City, other cities around the country. She films herself walking looking at different views, looking at different sites. She posts them to YouTube and people watch them and people love them. She operates with this one goal in mind where she's trying to monetize her YouTube channel. And I wanted to do a deep dive and really understand what does it take to monetize a YouTube channel? How far along is she in her goal to do that? And, you know, how does one go about it? What is a good video? How do you make sure that people are subscribing to your channel? So we really get into it, and it was a really enjoyable conversation. Before we get into the conversation, I just want to do a quick request. If you would please give me feedback so far on the episodes that we've done since bringing the podcast back, I would hugely appreciate it. Um, anything that you think I could do a little bit better to make the podcast a little bit more enjoyable, anything you are already enjoying about the podcast, I would love to hear it. So follow me on Instagram, Hustle with Ben. send me a DM or text me if you know me personally. Let me know what you've been thinking about the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. That's my plug for feedback. Without further ado, I would love to bring us into this conversation with Sammy. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it too. So let's roll the intro music and get started. (laughs) You're listening to Side Hustle Divas, the best show to help you find, start, and grow your side hustle. I'm your host, Ben Hawes, business owner, content creator, and your very own side hustle coach. Listen in as I bring in some of the most creative business owners to chat about how they got their start and what they've learned as they've built the business they love. I'm so excited to do just that. So without further ado, please welcome to the stage this week's guest. This is Side Hustle Divas. So yes, we have Sammy Bina here today, which I am so excited about. Say hi, Sammy. Hi, Benjamin. And I love that you call me Benjamin because so few people in my life call me Benjamin and it is only special people who call me Benjamin. So I love hearing you call me Benjamin because you are special. Oh my gosh, you're so nice. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just, I don't know when it started, but it's stuck. I don't know when it started either, but it's been a long time that you've called me Benjamin and it really is very few people, but we should kind of pull the curtain back and tell people where we met and how we know each other and why we're friends. Um, Do you want to take a stab at that? Sure. We met when we worked a class pass together many moons ago at this point, but we were both customer support associates and we would text each other at night while we were answering tickets. Um, I helped you film many company type videos around the office at very bizarre times, but we, that's where everything started. Mm -hmm. And then now we are happily ever after. I feel like we started getting bagels a lot in the pandemic and we started to, you know, become like very, 
um, a lot closer in the pandemic because we could depend on each other for these bagel dates. And I have loved our bagel dates. And for the people out there, if you're in Seattle, Sammy is moving to Seattle at in this summer and she'll be there. And we've talked, we've talked at length about the bagel options, the breakfast options. And so far the consensus is that we do not like the bagel situation. Correct. So far. (laughs) I will very desperately miss our bagel dates. Mm-hmm. But one thing, okay, so why you're here is because I am so in awe of your YouTube channel. And last October, I think, we went uh, to Washington Square Park and we were chatting about this idea that you had to start a YouTube channel where you go on walks and you film them and you share them with the world. And I remember it being an idea that you had. And I was so impressed just by the intentionality of the idea. And then you went and actually started doing it like almost the next day. Like you started the YouTube channel, you filled, you filmed the videos, you uploaded them and you started doing research on how to monetize and how to get successful videos and how to caption them and how to add the table of contents. And I have just always been so impressed because I myself love YouTube. I have a YouTube channel and I have been, you know, fairly unsuccessful at growing my YouTube channel in a way that's meaningful and productive. And so it's been really cool to watch you grow your YouTube channel. And I would be curious, would you share a little bit more about your YouTube channel and why you started it? Yes, of course. That's so crazy that it was that long ago, but you're, I think you're right. So I run a channel called Where the Locals Roam. And like you said, I mainly focus on point of view walking videos And I think it kind of all stemmed from like, since we've been working from home during the pandemic, I definitely didn't miss working from an office, but I missed the like background noise that you get from just people like chit-chatting and I missed travel. All of my flights had been canceled. I couldn't go anywhere. So I discovered these walking videos on YouTube. And I would just play them in the background on my TV all day while I worked. They were this really nice, just subtle background noise. Also, I could look up in between emails and I would be in Cambodia or Thailand or Austin, like all these like random places. And my dad also runs on the treadmill every day and he's been doing this for years and he like runs to these types of videos. And he would always talk to me about them. And I was like, I could do this. This didn't seem that difficult in terms of like equipment or skill necessarily. I think I've learned that that's not the case, but my initial assumption was like, it wouldn't be that difficult. So like you and I had been talking about it and I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I took my iPhone and I would hold it in front of me for an hour at a time. And I would just walk through the streets of New York and record them. Um, And that was the, I think Halloween of last year was the first video that I posted. So we're about six months in now. Yeah. Six months. And it is so funny. I mean, how many videos, do you know how many videos you have at this point? I think it's somewhere between six, 
Yeah, because you've been very, very consistent. And I know that your videos and your brand around the videos has stemmed from other projects that you've had. And I know that, you know, you named your YouTube channel Where the Locals Roam. Can you tell us more about where that name comes from and what it means to you? Yes. So we've known each other for a long time. I think you know that I'm the type of person who will book a trip last minute to go to some random place that other people might be like, why are you going there? With credit card points. Yeah. And sometimes not, but I think just the love of travel has always kind of pushed me to go outside of my comfort zone. Like when I left class pass, I took three months off and I just kind of traveled, went to places like Vietnam. I kind of went all over, but I think something I like to do when I travel is like, let's say I go to a coffee shop. I will ask the barista if they weren't getting coffee at their place of employment, where would they get coffee from? And then I will go to that place the next day and I'll ask that barista the same question. And I kind of do that throughout the entire trip, whether it's for like coffee or lunch or breakfast places, whatever the case may be. And I think I just like to experience a city in the most like local way possible. I don't like being a tourist, so to speak. I like really like sinking my teeth into what makes a city so like unique and so cool. So that's kind of where the basis for the name came from. Yeah, I love it. And I love it. Like, that's something that I think about too, when I'm traveling is like, I don't want to just go do everything that is on the article of the top things to do in this city. Like I want to go live and sit in a coffee shop and work with my laptop. And um, so I've always identified with that part of your brand. And now that it's the videos, I notice myself finding that you have a lot of variety with your videos and you go to different cities. You've done some in Seattle because you visited, you've done them in, in your hometown, you've done them in New York, you've done them all over. And I'm curious to know if you have a favorite video that you have produced or filmed or put out into the world. I definitely do. I have an entire playlist on my channel of like 11 or 12 that are like top favorites. But if I had to pick one I think it's a tie between there's like one snowy walk that I did in uh, at the city college campus I think in February I woke up it was Sunday morning it was like that really quiet soft like big fluffy snow the city was quiet and I was like this is the perfect walk and the campus is beautiful and has all these beautiful old gothic buildings and it was just I had such a nice reflective morning that that one really stands out. And then the other one that it's tied with is this walk that I filmed with my dad while I was home for Christmas. And I think it was like Christmas morning. No one was awake yet. It was the weather was beautiful, which is surprising for Wisconsin. (laughs) But my dad and I got in the car. We drove to a park and we just like walked around for I think an hour. And I think that one's so special to me because my dad was there and he's kind of been my biggest hype man since I started. Mm-hmm. He watches every video. He tells everyone about my channel. He like rewatches them. He always texts me afterward to be like, oh, I watched it. Great job. So I think just having him there in person for that one was like extra special. 
Yeah, I love that. And the one, the first one you mentioned where it was snowy and it was that soft snow. I remember turning that on during, on a weekend on a, um, like, I think it was like a Saturday, like, and it was a snowy Saturday because I watched it and I took a nap and I, it was the most peaceful nap I've ever taken. And it was just because the audio of the sound and like the fact that I knew it was your video. And then I woke up and it was some crazy other video. Um, and, um, but I remember having just such a good nap listening to that and, and, and taking a nap to your videos. So even if people aren't watching them, I think it's nice auditory. Like it sounds really nice if you want to have it on while you're working, like you said, do you have any role models who do these types of videos? Yes. So there are a couple of like bigger channels. Um, there's one uh, called Action Kid and he's maybe like the biggest New York City walker that I've seen, but he actually just moved to Miami, but he has a very big following. He's very consistent. He posts like every day, which I just wow. think is crazy impressive. There's a guy named Dennis whose channel is called Lao Ocean. He's based out of Seattle. And I think I've watched like every single one of his videos and they've really helped me figure out like where I wanted to move or like what neighborhoods I wanted to live in when I got to Seattle and he's lived there for like 40 years. So he, he narrates his walk. So you get a lot of the history, which I think is really interesting and it's a really unique perspective. And then there's a guy named watched Walker who does like uh, walks around London everything is imagined as these really incredibly gorgeous, like early morning, like sunrise walks through like these small country villages in the UK, which are really great for like Saturday morning coffee kind mm -hmm. of walk watches. And then I also just think there's something really charming about the like smaller channels that maybe aren't even monetized yet. They're just like a couple hundred subscribers, but they're in just these really cool locations like Cambodia is, uh, I follow someone who films out of Cambodia. Someone just lives literally in the middle of the woods. You have no idea where they are, but <laughs> I think that's part of the charm is that you just don't know. And you just get to walk through this wilderness wherever they are. There's someone in like the Swiss Alps. It's just these really small channels that have just a very unique perspective because of the place that they live. And I think there's something extra special about those. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of my favorite things is that we've talked about those role models and how they've impacted how you make your videos. I'd love to shift us to the business of your YouTube channel. It's a side hustle. It's a business. It's something that you work on and it is hard work and you focus and you set goals and you work to achieve them. So I'd love to know from you, and I have an idea based on what I've seen you do, but what would you say your main goals are when it comes to your channel? I think the main goal is to get monetized. I think if anyone is like actually serious about YouTube, that's kind of the main goal is to get monetized. But I think beyond that, I really love the idea of building a community. Mm -hmm. I think the internet can be a really dark place sometimes, but so many of the comments that I see on just walking videos are so wholesome and people are so nice. And they'll have these like deep discussions about the city with the person who posted the video. And I really love that aspect of it. There's nothing like too controversial about just walking down the streets in New York without saying anything. So 
I really appreciate that side of things. And I think I have a couple of people uh, that follow my channel that have kind of like started that community. And I'm hoping that it only gets bigger as the channel grows, but I have a couple of people who come back every video. They leave these really thoughtful comments. They follow me on Instagram. Like they like posts, like Mm -hmm. they're the best. I think that the people you can find in this particular like niche on YouTube, there's some really good people there. Yeah. I love the idea. And sometimes I see the comments on your videos and they are really positive and it does seem to feel like you're building a community there, at least the beginning of a community. And that other goal of monetization, I remember that being a goal from the start. And when we were talking about your YouTube channel, I remember our conversations were mostly about, not mostly, but kind of mostly about monetization and doing it as a side hustle versus just a project or something you're passionate about. And monetization has always been part of those conversations. So what made you choose YouTube as a way to bring in some extra money? So I've definitely had a number of side hustles over the years, and I still have a lot of them. Like I dog sit pretty often. I make jewelry on the side. And YouTube I knew would be something that would be definitely a slower build. But I liked the idea that it was something that could kind of be self-sustaining once it kind of picked up and got going. So once you're monetized, like all of your old videos prior to that point also become monetized. It's not like from that particular video onward. So the more content you put out, essentially the more money have the potential to bring in. And it's has the potential to keep bringing money in for however long you keep the videos up or your channel active because it's kind of like evergreen content. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely been a slow start, um, but I liked the longevity of YouTube compared to some of the other things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And something that I also like that you do is it really, I can feel that you focus on the quality of your videos and that you care how they look. Sometimes you send me images you know, to choose the best thumbnail. Uh, We collaborate on that a little bit, which I really enjoy. What do you think makes a good video in this genre? So I think there are three kind of like main things. I think the quality of the video itself, like whether it's HD or 4K, I think the higher the quality you can Mm. record your videos, the better it's going to look. I've seen some 8K videos, but honestly, I can't really tell the difference. So I tend to stick with 4K. Um, I think good sound, kind of what we talked about, like these videos are supposed to be immersive. So even if you're not necessarily watching it, you can still hear it. Um, like yesterday I filmed and went out in the rain and like walked around for a while. And I think just the sound of rain is really soothing to people. So yes, they're walks, but you don't necessarily have to like pay attention to them. So the sound is really important. And then I think having just a good quality camera it doesn't have to be anything super expensive but something with a gimbal so whether it's a gimbal for your phone I have one of those that I use every once in a while and then I have a smaller like handheld camera that I tend to film most things on these days just because it's really lightweight and a little less obvious because I think safety is kind of always an issue when you're out with a camera by yourself in potentially like remote parks 
but I think those three things will really kind of like make for a good quality video that people aren't going to necessarily watch 10 seconds, see that it's not HD and like shut it off. Mm -hmm. Have you seen bad videos as examples in this genre? I've seen a couple, but I mean, honestly, if I look back at my first couple of videos, they're also terrible. Like (laughs) I didn't have a gimbal when I first started. It was just me holding my phone. And yes, the iPhone has built-in stabilization, but it's nothing compared to the quality you're going to get with even just a cheap gimbal from Amazon. That's like 50 bucks. Yeah. So I've seen a couple of other videos that look like my early ones. They exist. I've made them. Other people have made them too, but you have to start somewhere. So I think people you have you have the chance to grow from there. Yeah. And for the people who don't know, what is a gimbal? It's ba- I don't even know how if I can describe <laughs> it, but it's basically um, something that you can hook your, if you're using a phone, you can like hook your phone up to it and it just removes any of the shakiness from your video. So the handheld one that I carry around now, the lens of that small camera has a built-in gimbal, which is basically just like a stabilizer. Yeah. So when it comes to monetization, this is something I'm extremely interested in as a content creator, as a side hustle diva. And I know that you've done a lot of research on this. So I'm curious to know, what are the requirements to monetize on a site like YouTube? So YouTube's actually pretty simple. There's only two requirements. It's 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours in the past 12 months. Okay. Um, and YouTube is definitely able to tell if you are just rewatching your own videos and like playing them on repeat on a TV or a computer. So it will filter all of those out. So it has to be 4,000 like verified watch hours. Yeah. And your videos are so long that that number of 4,000 is, feels a little bit more realistic, right? It definitely does. I think when I first started, I was like, 4,000 is so many. I will never get that. It's going to take me like years. And I'm honestly almost halfway there. So it's the 4,000 I think is not the harder of the two. I actually think that a thousand subscribers is the harder of the two points to meet. Where are you at? How many subscribers do you have at this moment? Uh, last time I checked today, it was 231. Okay. So you're about a quarter there almost. Yeah. I'm just over a quarter of the way for subscribers, but I am about halfway with watch hours. You're on your way. I'm so, it's so cool to see that you started this six months ago and you are already that far toward your goal of monetizing your YouTube channel. What do you think stands behind you and monetization at this point? So I think one of the things I'm worried about, not worried about, but is just something I've thought about is that because I'm moving to Seattle next month, I worry that people who initially followed me for New York content won't want Seattle content. And so those people will drop off, which they're very much entitled to do if you signed up for one thing and then that person moves. Like that's totally fair. Um, so I don't know how that's going to impact the subscriber count. I do plan on filming a bunch of like extra New York content just to kind of keep in my back pocket and kind of sprinkle throughout the next couple of months, but it's definitely going to be a big shift. 
And I think I grew pretty quickly from 100 subscribers to 200, but the growth from 200 to 300 has been much slower. So YouTube's algorithm is something that I think is a, another just general blocker for a lot of people. It's really hard to kind of pin down what the YouTube algorithm wants. And I've watched so many videos about it and I still don't think I have a really good grasp of it. So I think that's one of the harder things. Maybe once your channel is bigger, it's a little bit easier to kind of understand the algorithm, but as a smaller channel, there's not as many insights available. So I think that's been the biggest struggle. Yeah, it makes it really difficult. And I I myself has have also watched hours and hours of videos about the YouTube algorithm. And, you know, one thing that I know to be true for myself, just in the types of videos that I make and the type of content that I put out there is that I have to do a lot of in-person networking as well. And I have to talk about it often. I have to post on my own Facebook, my own Instagram and get people to watch my YouTube videos. I'd be curious to know from you, how are you promoting your videos or do you rely on the algorithm mostly? I would love to rely on the algorithm, but I don't, (laughs) I don't these days. Um, It was recommending my stuff for a really long time. And then the last month, for some reason it stopped. So I don't know what changed, but generally speaking, I post on Instagram. I post on TikTok, um, usually on the days that I post. So I definitely could post more often. And that's something that I'm working on. And then word of mouth is another one. Like my dad's my biggest hype man, but I think I need to be more comfortable telling people like, Hey, I have this channel. This is what it's about. This is what I do. Do you want to go on a walk with me? Like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely gotten better over the last couple of months, but I think initially I was really afraid to tell anyone that I even had started this channel because I was afraid they'd think it was really stupid, but I actually have a couple of coworkers who watch my videos now. And so it's funny when they'll slack me and be like, oh, I watched this walk you did like while I was like answering tickets this morning. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, I, if your dad is your number one, I think I'm at least in the top five. I think you're never, I think you're number two. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Um, do you think of TikTok as anything for you? Like, do you want to do anything on TikTok in terms of promotion or putting up walking content on TikTok? Is that, is that a world you're interested in right now? I think once I get to Seattle, it's going to be something that I explore a lot more because I feel like there aren't a ton of like Seattle TikTokers, mm-hmm. but I would love to kind of get like get involved in that once I get there but for now I think there's just so much going on like in my life with work and just like outside of work and with the move that I don't necessarily have the brain space to like think about it at this moment but it's definitely something I want to get into later I know you're really good with TikTok so I will probably be coming to you for help with that once we get there I do love a good TikTok moment, Um, but YouTube, I have always loved YouTube. And even as a 15, 16, 17 year old kid, I was studying the YouTube algorithm and I have never totally quite cracked it, which is why I think I'm so fascinated by your early success as you've built out your YouTube channel with this focus on monetization and building your community. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to you to have these goals and how you operate this 
business or project with those goals in mind? So I think when I first started, I'm like a big researcher. I sat down and I looked at some of my favorite channels and I made this ridiculously complicated spreadsheet where I analyzed like their top five videos, like what the thumbnails look like, what they titled things, like what kind of comments they were getting, all these different things. And I couldn't find anything like across them that was like standard. So I really kind of just picked and chose what I liked best. And I think part of why I started the channel was like probably the the least important reason, but it was an excuse for me to get out of the house and force myself to go for walks every day. I think working from home can get a little, you can get a little cabin fever. So that's honestly been kind of like one of the bigger motivations these days is to just be Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's nice out. Go for a walk today. Like you haven't left the house in two days, go outside. And I think I've, over the years I've had like really huge amounts of debt that I've had to pay off. And I used side hustles to do a lot of that. And now that I don't have any debt after paying it all off, I don't think I ever want to go back to those moments where I felt really insecure about money. And so I like having a nine to five and then also having these other streams of income so that I can have a rainy day fund or I can invest it or some of it's going to pay for this move. So I think just that kind of peace of mind is another motivator. Yeah. I totally agree with you that financial freedom and ability to make money outside of your day job where, you know, they, they give you a certain amount of money and that's what a lot of people stick to and work with, but there is a really big power in being able to come up with your own money. So with monetization, and then I'll move us over to a different topic, but what is the biggest lesson that you've learned on your journey to monetization? I think I've learned a lot over the course of the last six months, and it's kind of little bits and pieces of a lot of things. I have gotten a lot better about just reading data and analytics and applying it and like testing things, Mm -hmm. which has actually been great because I could carry that over into my day job. So that's kind of been an added bonus. I think I've learned a lot just about tech in general and how to edit videos and how to just film things in a way that's visually appealing. There's a lot of really incredible channels on YouTube where you can learn how to make YouTube videos. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And a really nice surprise that came out of all of this was I've actually just learned a lot about New York. Um, I started adding closed captions to videos the last like month or so. And I wanted to make sure that the videos were accessible to anyone who was watching them. And I've always been really impressed by the people who narrate their videos and they have all these facts that they can spew in the moment. And I'm not that person. (laughs) So I have the ability to just do it after the fact. And I can spend hours doing research for the closed captions, but I feel like I've just learned a lot of fun facts about New York and its history. Like I did a video about Roosevelt Island a couple of weeks ago. And it's one of my favorite places in the entire city, but I didn't have a really good grasp on like what was so special about it other than the fact that I liked it, but it actually used to be called welfare Island until 1973. 
Wow. And it was because it used to house a lot of the city's like sick people. There was asylums that are now closed down. And also they used to house all of the criminals until Rikers opened in 1935. There's an old smallpox hospital. So I learned that the U.S. hasn't had a case of polio since 1979. Okay. <laughs> so I just learned all these random facts that maybe one day will be useful for a trivia night, but that's been like a really nice side effect of having this channel. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned a lot and you're teaching a lot of people, a lot of different things about the history of where you're filming and, and just some fun facts. I remember your grand central station video. I've been to grand central station many times and I didn't know many of the things that you were putting in the closed captions. So I just love that you're learning. I love that you're teaching. I love that you're finding meaning in what you're doing. One thing I'll always like to start to close out the episode with is this question, which is what makes you a side hustle diva? I think it's work ethic. Like my parents installed a really strong work ethic in me, like starting when I was a kid. They both worked while I was growing up. They still do. Even when my dad worked third shift, he still always made it to all of my like plays and concerts. And my mom had dinner on the table every night and still carted me and my siblings around to all of our extracurriculars. And I just am so in awe of them now as an adult and understanding how much work goes into something like that. I think like my parents are my heroes and kind of like what I said before, like, I think it was six or seven years ago where I really hit this like rock bottom of like my bank account was like in the negative. Like I had to ask my parents for grocery money because I couldn't buy groceries that week. That was such a, like a hard moment, but I think I learned a lot from that and having paid off all of that myself since then. And so I think just always going the extra mile to like any opportunity to earn money, I pretty much will say yes to. And I think you've seen that over the years. Like if you, someone needs a dog sitter, I'm there. You want to sell clothes on Poshmark? Okay. Like Now I have this YouTube thing that currently does not make me money, but even if in the end I only make 50 or a hundred dollars extra a month, like that's money that I didn't have Mm -hmm. before. And it was like not a huge lift because I needed to go for a walk that day anyway. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Work (laughs) ethic. Yes, I believe it. And I've seen it. And what you're saying about dog sitting and Poshmark and she also sells earrings um, on Etsy and she has this YouTube channel and there's so many things that you do. And it reminds me of myself a lot because we are both always talking every time we go on our bagel dates, we're talking about these side hustles and these projects and these things that we're passionate about. But it all does come from this place of wanting to be independent, wanting to be secure. And that's I think what makes you and I both side hustle divas. And the other thing that I think we are side hustle divas for is we're very, I think we're very empowering and we're willing and and interested in helping other people. So my last question for you is if somebody has an idea, say they have a business idea, they have a project they want to pursue, but they're afraid to get started. This is something that I see a lot with my coaching. What should they do? You just have to start and know that your first attempts will probably not be very good. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. It's totally fine. And maybe the first idea you try it and it doesn't work. You still tried it. And I think that in and of itself presents a learning opportunity. 
like I said, my first videos were terrible, terrible. And I bet you if I look back a year from now, I'll think the ones that I'm making now are terrible. I think there's always room for improvement, but you just have to like bite the bullet and start somewhere. For me, I do a lot of research. I watched so many videos on how to start a YouTube channel, the best ways to go about doing it. There aren't a ton of videos about walking videos. So I kind of had to translate that information into what I thought might apply Mm -hmm. to me and then kind of throw out the pieces that didn't. But there's so many places you can learn from, like classes online, there's YouTube, there's TikTok now. Like I've learned a lot of cooking hacks from TikTok. Like there's so information is everywhere. So just don't be afraid if or when you fail the first time, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It happens. Just pick yourself back up and start again. Yeah. I think my favorite, I don't know exact quote or who said it, or if it's just something that people say, but I always love when, when people say the hardest thing about getting started is just getting started. And I really believe that like your first attempt might not be your best attempt in the world and you're going to continue to improve. You're going to continue to get better and better. Um, but that first time that you try something, don't expect perfection because it's not going to be perfect and you're not going to blow everyone out of the water with your first attempt necessarily. You might, you know, but it might be your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth attempt that blows people out of the water. Um, So I really, I really love that. Just get started, um, lose the fear of perfection and, and judgment And um, I think that's the magic. And I really appreciate you, Sammy, for coming on today's episode of Side Hustle Divas. I've learned a lot about, like you said, work ethic and doing research and uh, diving in without knowing exactly what to do and just taking action. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Do you mind sharing with people one more time where they can find your YouTube channel and support you? Yes. If you search where the locals roam, on YouTube, it should be the first thing that comes up. It should also be the only thing that comes up in Instagram and TikTok. They are mm-hmm. all the same handle. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, uh, where the locals roam. You can also find me at Hustle with Ben on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and you can go to benjaminhaws.com to learn more about this podcast. This is Side Hustle Divas. Until next week, I hope you have a great day, an even better week and good luck. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks for having me.